Hello and welcome to the fifth episode in Jade Third Eye's podcast series focusing on anti-money laundering and insights from industry experts. My name is Rebecca Green, the marketing lead for Jade Third Eye in the UK and today I'm joined once again by Jade Third Eye's very own Claire Rees. Welcome back Claire. Hi Rebecca, it's good to be back and to chat to you and to our listeners again. Claire has over 21 years experience working in risk management roles in financial services, 17 years of which were spent specialising in financial crime prevention in a number of senior roles, including most recently as head of fraud and AML with a mortgage lender and service provider. Today, we're going to pick up from our last podcast where we explored the process of identifying emerging risks and looking at the process and capability needed to adapt your solution accordingly. We'll be looking at this from the point of view of transaction monitoring, but many of the concepts apply to other parts of your AML programme. Likewise, if you're using transaction monitoring to detect fraud. So Claire, you've identified an emerging risk and you know you need to update your transaction monitoring. From your experience, what advice can you offer with regards to approaching updating your transaction monitoring rules? Thanks, Becky. So firstly, I want to start on the definition of ready. The basic premise is that before you start doing something, you need to be clear about what you want to achieve. In this case, before you start to write a rule, you need to know what it is you're trying to detect. So start by explaining what the rule needs to do in very high level terms. This gives people a clear indication of what the rule is intended to do, but it doesn't provide enough detail to actually write the rule. At this point, you will have to think about the scope of the rule. Do you want to cast your net wide or go for a more targeted approach. The wide net won't miss much, but it can cause a lot of false positives. The targeted approach is likely to be very relevant when it fires, but it runs the risk of missing other close matches. So which way do you want to go? You need to make a risk-based decision and document that so you can justify that decision if you're questioned. So it may be helpful to start with the wide net approach. This will help you understand your data and will let you move to a more targeted approach based on fact rather than theory. You should also consider if the rule needs to be forward looking only or does it need to run historically over your existing data to see if you've missed this behaviour previously. You should also be clear about how urgently the change is needed because getting a complex rule right can take time. So consider if there are any other controls you could apply as an interim measure until you've got confidence in the rule. Why do I say a rule may, may, may take time? Well, writing the logic is relatively easy, but testing it against real data may take some time. We'll come back to that in a minute. OK, great. Thanks, Claire. So I'm now ready to create my new rule. Is there anything else I should consider? By now, you should have a clear definition of what you want your rule to identify, but is your data of sufficient quality to achieve the right results? Before you create a rule, you need to understand your data, and that's not just the properties of the data, but also the quality. In my experience, data can be the biggest challenge. For example, you may want to detect funds being sent to a high-risk country. Do you have the data to identify that? And is that data reliable? Is the country data always entered? Is it entered from a predefined list so it's always consistent? Or could somebody, 
someone just type in the name of the country, which could be open to typos or different views of the name of the country. If your data is missing or poor, you may need a project to improve the data capture or data quality. It may still be possible to write the rule, even with poor quality data, but you just need to be aware of the issues so you can write the rule to allow for those and make sure you test for them. Be prepared for a higher number of false positives than would be ideal. OK, so once you've addressed any issues with your data, what's the next step? So the next step is just to write the rule. Once you know what the rule needs to do, this can be a relatively quick step. We've talked about the definition of ready to get us started. At the other end of the process is the definition of done. What do you need to do to prove that your rule is working effectively and is ready to go live? And the biggest part of this is testing, but that's not everything. So let's go through the steps. Firstly, someone who didn't write the rule should review it. This is a really good first step to pick up problems early before you go to the effort of creating tests. You may find that even the act of explaining each step of logic in the rule to someone else will help to make sure it is doing what you want it to do. Super. So once you're happy with the logic of your rule, what is the next step, Claire? So the next step, this is the big one. This is testing your rule. You should use test data that you've created that you know will trigger the rule. You should also use test data that you know will be a near miss and shouldn't create an alert. Without this step, you may end up creating lots of unnecessary false positives. Take a step back and think, how could I break this rule? Are there any other tests you can think of that would cause the rule to fail? It's really useful to create tests that can be repeated at any time so you can rerun them to prove that the rule is still working. Now you've proved that the rule works with test data, it's time to introduce it to the real world. And this is where, ideally, you should take your time. Don't expect this to go smoothly because real world data has quirks that you won't expect. One approach is to run the rule and just see what happens. A sandbox in your system is helpful for this. Look at the test results and see if they match your expectations. This will tell you that the rule has worked. It should have created some alerts that have found the pattern and hasn't created lots of false positives. But this won't tell you if it's missed anything that it should have found. To test this, you really need to have some known cases that you expect to trigger the rule. Adjust the rule based on what you've learned and run the test again until you're happy with the results. The next step is to document your final rule and document the results of all the testing you've done. Once you've done all your testing, you've passed your definition of done, so now you can make the rule live. OK, so I've identified a new risk. I've implemented a control. Testing and firming it's effective. We're back at the beginning of the process, continually reviewing risk and adapting to changing threats. Is there anything else an MLRO should consider to be, uh, to be certain the transaction monitoring system is working as it should and that the team are using the system correctly? If your team follows the approach we've talked about, you should have a good comfort level that the system is doing its job correctly. And if they set up repeatable tests, they can run them at any time to maintain your confidence levels. 
you can then run spot checks on the work of the team to verify that and also act as a means of training to improve their skills. You should also consider getting an independent person to review. This can raise issues that your team never thought about. Whilst a knowledgeable external advisor is probably the best approach, an internal person with a fresh pair of eyes and a questioning mindset can still give a good review. It's often the case that things, particularly changes, need to be applied in a hurry because of an impending visit from an auditor or a regulator. So review what these things are and try to make them part of your normal process rather than having to address issues at the last minute before an audit. If you keep everything up to date, those visits won't be a cause of sleepless nights and this will become a means of increasing your ongoing confidence that the team are doing a good job. To summarise then, I've got 10 top tips for maintaining your AML system. So number one, don't let your AML solutions stagnate as ongoing changes occur around you. Number two, adjust your BAU process to include identification of emerging risks. Number three, make sure your team are equipped to identify and propose changes as soon as they are needed. And number four, ensure your approval process doesn't cause unnecessary delays. Number five, Remember, a series of small changes are better than one large project. Number six, using the definition of ready to make sure you know what to change. And seven, use the definition of done to make sure your change is ready to go into live. Number eight, understand your data, especially the data quality. And number nine, test everything thoroughly before you make it live. And finally, number 10, document, document, document. Following this approach should help to keep your AML system fit for purpose and optimised for managing your AML risk. Thanks, Claire. To talk to Claire or one of our team further about how J3i can support you in adapting to emerging risks or arrange a demo, then please do not hesitate to get in touch via our website at j3i.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, everyone.